Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's all lean in together um, as we read God's Word, but I'm so excited to continue our series today. So in Luke chapter 10, verse 25, this is Jesus telling a story. And um, I love listening to the parables that Jesus tells and reading them because there's so much, um, there's just a spiritual density to parables. And I'm excited to read one of these today. And this is the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's in Luke chapter 10. I'm going to read it for us. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay. If you don't have your device with you, that's okay. Um, We're going to have it on the screen for you as well. So in verse 25, it says this. And behold, a lawyer stood up to to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 26, he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, this is Jesus replying, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But it continues. It says, but he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, a temple assistant, but when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. In verse 33, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Verse 36, this is Jesus speaking. He says, Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. I'm going to preach a message this morning to you, wherever you're at, Part two of our series, Love Your Neighbor. Part two, this is the title this morning. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. If you're not taking notes, you can write this down. Part two is this, a love that carries. A love that carries. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you so much. Father, thank you for the opportunity to to be in your word this morning, Lord. Thank you that no matter what the circumstances are, We are grateful today, Lord, that your word can go out, that your word can be preached through this digital platform right now, God. Father, we thank you that despite these measures that are being taken place as a society, your word still goes forth. It still produces light. It still brings a return. It is still fruitful in every way, God. So we are grateful today for your word, Lord. I pray that your word would bless people today. It would speak life into homes. It would speak life into situations and circumstances. God, we pray that this message would um, be felt in people's hearts today. Your word would go into people's hearts. Lord, we pray for our world. Father, we thank you that you're, you're working right now. 
Father, you know the beginning from the end and you're in the midst, Lord. You're taking what the enemy is trying to do, taking fear, taking anxiety, taking um, struggle, Lord. And I pray and we believe that you're taking that and you're using it for good. God, we pray for a miracle. We pray for answered prayer. Father, we pray for faith to rise up. Lord, we pray for the church to rise up. Lord, we pray right now for all the churches that are meeting right now online. That are, um, that are going about being the church. Father, we just thank you that you're blessing every single one of them. We pray your special blessing, Lord, over your people. In Jesus' name, and we all said together, amen and amen. Well, I'm excited to continue the series. We just started this last week, and I really hope that this will be something you can lean into. And Man, what a time to preach a series called Love Your Neighbor, because we have a whole lot of neighbors in our world, we have a whole lot of people in our world that are really looking for answers. And we believe because we know the answers come from God's word and the answers are found in Jesus. And so what an amazing time to preach this series. So last week I preached part one of this, this series and the part, the part one was this, the love that cares. Because God cares for you. He loves you. And he's got a, an incredible plan and a purpose for your life. And so today I want to preach a message of love that carries so a love that cares last week, but today a love that carries. Here's a big picture thought for you today. I just want you to just sort of get your mind around this for a second. But all of us have a world. We obviously live in the world. We're all part of the world today and globally. We know what that looks like. But all of us have our own world. You have a world. I have a world. And um, we're positioned in that world. All of us are positioned in a world. You have a world, you have friends, you have um, acquaintances, you have a career, you have all kinds of stuff. You've got a family, obviously that's your immediate world is your family. But yes, you have a world. I'm speaking to you right now. You have a world and you are called to impact your world. You're actually positioned perfectly right now, no matter where you're at, in your world to make an impact in Jesus' name. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul speaking to Timothy, his young charge. He says this, For God, uh, this is in 2 Timothy chapter 1, says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time. You're called to impact and influence your world. I'm called to impact and influence my world. Why? Because we deserve to have the honor of this holy life that God has given us? Absolutely not. But God has chosen, like it says right here in the scripture, 2 Timothy, before the beginning of time, that he would choose for you to be in your world and to be making a difference in the world around you. And that's ultimately what this series is about, is you have a world, I have a world, whether we like it or not. We have a world. We have people around. And you should thank God right now on your couch or wherever you're at that you have a world and God in all of his uh, providence and sovereignty and love and amazingness today has chosen to use you to impact and reach and influence the world around you. I don't know about you, but that just blows me away. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. That all of a sudden makes me um, sit up in my seat and, um, and make me, makes me think, man, what a responsibility, what an honor, what a privilege today that God has actually decided that he wants to use you and he wants to use me. God has put us in a position 
to make a difference in our world. It says in Esther, for such a time as this. What a time. What a moment. What an opportunity in, in the history of our world right now, 2020, March of 2020, in the midst of this isolation that we're all forced to be a part of, to make a difference in our world. And I believe that God is calling us to do it, to love our neighbor. That's how we do it. We do it by loving our neighbor. We don't do it by intellectualizing everything. We don't do it by spiritualizing everything. We don't do it by um, trying to use logic and reasoning and, you know, just smarts. All of that stuff can be helpful in and of itself, but the way we do it, the way we reach and the way we influence, the way we impact, the way we truly do well with what God has given us, which is your world and my world, is to love our neighbor. So here in Luke 10, Jesus is telling this story. And this is actually an incredible story with so many dynamics and so many different levels to it. It's actually uh, beyond one 30-minute uh, message. <laughs> it's well beyond that. But we want to get into it because I really believe that God here, through Jesus, through His Son, through this message, through His time with these religious scholars, actually defines, first of all, what a neighbor is, but second of all, how we should treat our neighbors, how we can love our neighbors. He's doing a myriad of things here in our Bible. He's doing incredible things. He's teaching and instructing that this is what love does. This is what love is. This is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. Um, and it, it, it's like this. It's amazing. He's painting a real picture for you and for me, his audience, of what it looks like to love your neighbor. So we're going to get into it. But here, what's actually happening is there's a religious leader, someone who knows the law. It says there's a lawyer. Um, and he's looking for an exclusion course. He's looking for a loophole. He's looking for um, an escape hatch, a way to get around um, or find a, find a hole in what Jesus is saying. He's looking for the opt-out button. He's looking for the way that, yeah, I guess like a neighbor truly, does that just mean me? Uh, does a neighbor just mean the people that, you know, kind of sitting right next to me right now in this nice uh, place where I hang out with the people that I know and I'm comfortable with and, and that they're, they're just right for me? Is, 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 is that okay? He's trying to get him on a technicality. And um, it's amazing what Jesus says in verse 27. He answers him. He says, you shall love the Lord your God. This is the, the religious leader. He says, you should love the Lord your God with everything. And then you should love your neighbor. But in verse 29, he says, desiring to justify himself. So justify his own position, his own life maybe, his own way of thinking. He says this, but who is my neighbor? Who, who, is, who is my neighbor? And I just love it. It's so true in our own lives, isn't it? Isn't it so true in our own lives that what we do is we try to justify our own position. We try to try to justify our own way of thinking or where we've come from. And it's human nature to, to ensure that, that we're okay, that, that, that what, we, what we value and what we think is, is right is okay. Is it, is it okay if we justify that? Is perhaps a different way of looking at it. But I just love the response of Jesus. He goes the complete opposite way. And he starts to tell a story which is so stark in contrast, which is so incredible in contrast, that it's absolutely mind-blowing. He talks about an extravagant love for a person who is completely unlike you. 
He's talking about an extravagant love and he's not talking about an opt-out button. He's not talking about an escape hatch. He's talking about, no, no, this is like opening up the hatch and throwing yourself all the way into it. This is extravagant, incredible love. See, this Samaritan traveler, what he was looking for was he was looking for a way to get involved. If you read this story and you truly understand it, he's looking for what, what could he do? If you, if you see the different levels in this story, he's looking for a way he could help. He's looking not for looking for the opt-out or the way out. He's looking for the way in. He's looking for the way to love. He's looking for the way to, to be able to, to minister something in this moment. And that's what we're called to do as well. So I would love it if you could write this just little thought down. And this might be a way just to, to meditate on this series and this message today. But it's what I'd love for you to write down. Love is always on the lookout for love. Love, God's love, true love is always on the lookout for love. It's always looking for someone to love, for someone to to love on. You get this sense about the traveler of Samaria that he was just poised and he was just ready to help. He was just ready to love, to show love to someone. I like to sort of take things a little bit further in my mind sometimes. And I was just thinking, I wonder, you know, if this Samaritan traveler, if he Samaritan traveler had had not come across this Jewish man. I just I like to go there in my head. I was just thinking, you know, this seems like the type of person. He would have just found an opportunity to love anyway. Somewhere else, some other way, he was ready, he was poised, he was looking for a way to minister and to show this love. But love is always looking to love. It's always on the lookout. So what can we, lo- what can we learn from this story when it comes to loving our neighbor? And you might be wondering, well, well, well can you just clarify me for, for me real quick what a neighbor is? Well, According to this story and according to because of the cross and because of everything that that God has done through the finished work of the cross, a neighbor for you and for me is anyone who passes in front of us, anyone who comes across our path, anyone who we meet in the traffic lanes of life, anyone that we come across that, that just happens to be in our world, on our path, we're called to love. So I want to lean into this story. I want to draw some things out, if that's okay this morning. Give you an opportunity just to to sort of shrug shrug off any uh, you know any sleepiness you might have now, or just take an extra sip of coffee. But I really want to lean into this story and and really look at it. So I've got three encouragements for us this morning. Things that we can take out that this love does is it carries us as as we carry this love as we become carriers of love today towards our neighbor. What can we draw from this particular example that Jesus gives us? Number one is this: He carried mercy. I'd love it if you could write that down. He carried mercy. There's something about this love that we see through this um, example where there was mercy being put on display. There was compassion that was being put on display. In verse 33, it says this. It says, But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. Those are important words. Love meets you where you're at. Came to where he was. And when he saw him, listen to it, he had compassion. Mercy came out. Compassion rose up. There was an overflowing with mercy and compassion for this Jewish man who was, listen to me, not like him. He was not like him. He was different. He was not like him. In fact, if you remember our passage from last week, we read from Leviticus 19. This was God's decree to his people. He says, don't take advantage of foreigners who live among you in your land. Treat them like native born Israelites and love them as you love yourself. See, Jews and Samaritans, they weren't exactly tight. 
<laughs> they didn't have this like overflowing love for each other. In fact, it was kind of the opposite. This was hundreds and hundreds of years of div- division, socially, economically, religiously. They were different. They did not um, commingle. They did not spend time with each other. There was a distance between them. And obviously, it was a historical thing that was still here today. And this is why Jesus is telling a story. He's actually saying, this is Leviticus 19, but in reverse today. It's in reverse today. This is a Samaritan person, someone who is different from you, showing love to someone just like you. It's powerful today. But he's saying this. He's saying, he carries mercy. This love, it carries mercy for the people in your world and in my world. Jesus is defining who your neighbor is. It's anyone who comes across your path. And we're called, and I'm called, to carry mercy for that person. Verse 36, at the end of the passage, Jesus asks them, he says, which of these three do you think? Prove to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers. If you understand this concept for just a second, think about Jesus is saying, who proved to be a neighbor to these Jewish religious um, scholars, it's just like, wait a minute, you're calling him my neighbor? You're saying that this person, even helping me, is now considered my neighbor? That's exactly what Jesus is saying. He's saying there's no more division. Because even if you've been elected by God, you're not elected just so you can enjoy it for yourself. You're elected, you're chosen like all of us today. Why? Because we're carriers of mercy and we're carriers of God's love and we're called to go out into the world that we're in and ultimately change the lives of people with the love of God in our world. It is so awesome. It is so powerful. We're called to be carriers of mercy. He had eyes of mercy. I love that it says that when he saw him, he came upon him on the road where he was at. Oh my gosh, they're so awesome, these words. He met him where he was at. And then it says he saw him and had compassion. I've got a question for you today. When you come across people in life, do you have a heart of compassion? When you see people's plight, when you see people struggle, when you come across people in your world that maybe are, are less fortunate, people that aren't like you, people that don't think the way you do or look the way you look, talk the way you talk, and maybe you're in a disadvantaged place today, this is the challenge for you and for me is to have a heart of compassion, to have a heart of mercy, to be willing to be people that step up to the plate and say, I'm going to do something here because God has positioned me for influence. So number one, he carried mercy. And number two, we can get out of this passage today, is he carried margin. He carried margin. See, love has means. And what do I mean by that? I want to explain it. But for me, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like faith has works. Love has means. There's an overflow to the love that God has given you to show the world around you. There's an overflow that exists It's in James 2. This is the bishop of Jerusalem. Jesus' half-brother. He's explaining this. He's saying saying this. He's saying, like, you can can have faith, but you better understand that that the faith you have in God, if you truly have that faith, it it finds its way out into doing things for people, for loving people. It's in verse 14 of James 2. It says, But what good is it, my brothers, if someone has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to him, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for their body, what good is that? James says, he says, so also faith by itself, it does not have works, is dead. 
But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. See, love has a way of expressing itself. We read it last week in Galatians 5, expressing love in all that we do. This is our opportunity to love. But this particular traveler, this journeyman, this person that comes across the Jewish man, what do we see? He actually had margin for him. He had margin for his neighbor. And that margin was one way that he loved on him. Look at it in verse 34. Stay with me. In verse 34, it says, He went with him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Love has margin for people. Love, that type of love, it always has margin available for people. He carried margin to love on someone. I just want you to just think about that for a moment. But he carried margin to love on someone. Love has something stored away ready to pour out on someone. See the oil and wine, what does that represent? What does that essentially mean? The oil and wine is essentially a first century first aid kit. So if you had oil and wine, you were ready to, to look after yourself. If you got into trouble, you had cuts, you had wounds, you had something. It was like he took his own first aid kit. He used it. It was margin. He used it um, not for himself, but on a Jewish man. And it says he set him down on his own animal, which basically means this. He put him on his own horse, his own easy way out when it came to travel, his own um, easy way of getting from point A to point B, from, from um, one city to another, the easy way of traveling. He said, no, I'll forego that ease. I'll forego that comfort. And I'm going to set you on my animal. It's powerful. It's kind of like today saying to someone, hey, you need a ride? Just take my car. Just, just, take my, just take my automobile, just take it, just go. If it helps you, if it serves you, if it loves you, then just take it. And it says that he brought him to an inn. I love that he brought him to an inn, a place of uh, service, a place, uh, if you think about a hotel, it's a place where, where, where he didn't just take him to, to someone's house or he didn't just take him to a place where maybe you could just you know, throw him into a room and just let him recover there. He took him to a place of service where someone would just lavish on him and, and give him this opportunity. And it says that he left the innkeeper with the prepayment of time where the Jewish man could recover. How powerful is that? So not only did he have things that were available there, but he also thought ahead. And he also thought about the potential of need in the future. And he said, no, I want to do what I can. I want to do what I have. It says he gave him two days wages to the innkeeper. And he said, if there's any more, then I'll come back and I'll take care of it. But love carries margin. He carried margin for the world. I did a series uh, not that long ago on margin and how powerful it is for a believer. Not just talking about financial margin, even though that is so important. It's so good if we can have financial margin in our world to be able to bless other people. But how powerful it is, is when it comes to love, the way we love on people, we think in that way that I want to have a, a margin of love to be able to, to, to give to someone. I want to have something in reserve, something available, just ready to go to be able to love the people in my world. It's powerful if we understand that love can actually bless someone like that. So number one, it was that he, he carried mercy for this person. Number two, he carried margin that ultimately loved him. And number three is this, is he carried healing. He carried healing. And that's ultimately what God's, God's love does for you 
And for me, it carries healing. It brings healing. Think about this. It brings restoration. It brings a restoring. It, bring, it brings this sense of wholeness and healing that comes back to us. Look at what it says. I want to read it from the message. Uh, it says this. It says, He gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he lifted him onto his donkey. I love that he just didn't say, get on the donkey yourself, get on the horse yourself. No, it says that he lifted himself. He did it himself. And he led him to an inn and made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out the silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill and I'll pay you on my way back. He carried healing for this person. That's ultimately what happened. He sought the higher good. He personally saw to it that there was comfort. He personally saw to it that he was well taken care of. He personally made sure that this person was loved on to the extent where there would be healing that would be applied. There would be initial healing in the form of the oil and wine being poured out, the, the wounds, but there would also be space created, uh, an opportunity set aside for this person to come and to be able to rest, to be able to get restoration, to be able to get to it back to a place of being able to function well again. What a powerful story. What an amazing opportunity that we get as believers, as people of God, as people that, that, that are chosen by God. If you are in Christ today, if you're listening to me, if you're looking at me right now, can I encourage you, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you are chosen by God to do what we read about right here. You might not find yourself on a dirt road somewhere where you find someone who's beaten up and on the side, but you might find someone in your world that's struggling. You might find someone in these times who maybe has been laid off. You might find people um, in your world right now that are um, brought down by anxiety and by fear right now. You are positioned. You are positioned perfectly today. God has put you in position to be able to love, to be able to, to be a carrier of God's love, to show mercy, to show margin, to apply margin, and, but also to, br to bring healing to people in your world. Because that's ultimately what Jesus has done for us. Jesus has done that for us. What a picture this is, that Jesus, who would go to the cross and do this for us, is telling a story. This is what he has done for you and what he's done for me. And sometimes that's, that's just something we need to be reminded of. We're sitting there in our living rooms right now and enjoying a nice, comfortable cup of coffee. But this is the reality that we live in today. If we are grace-filled, Holy Spirit believers, this is the truth today that we were left dead. And as the Bible says, we were dead in our transgressions. We were left for dead. We were gone. We were out. It was game over for you and for me. We were finished. But Jesus comes into the picture and because of Jesus and because of the passion that he had for you and for me, now we're healed. Now this incredible gift of love that came from heaven in the form of Jesus Christ that was accomplished through the cross and on the other side of the cross, which we all live part of the new covenant, the New Testament, uh, as New Testament believers, understanding that we have the answer 
The world right now, friends, is looking for the answer. Here's the truth today is we have the answer. We have the healer. We have the gift. We have the love that has been has transformed your life and my life. So you're sitting there today and you're like, what can I do? What, what possibly could I do in a world that's just so, you know, just bent out of shape right now? Well, I can tell you exactly what you can do. You can take the love that has already been deposited in your heart of hearts and you can show that to the world around you and it can be a complete game changer for the people in your world. And I truly believe today, I want to prophesy this over you. I want to prophesy this into your world today, that as you do this, as you take this love, remember, it's not your love. It's the love that's been deposited in you that's now flowing through you as you take that love and you let it permeate through you. As you take margin, as you take mercy and compassion for people, as you take um, the healing agents that God has given you, which is the power of the Holy Spirit working through you, as you take that into the world today, it will change your world. I believe it. I proclaim it. I can see it. And I know it's going to take place. It might happen in our living rooms to begin with. It might happen in our, our Zoom calls uh, for now. It might happen in the, the interactions we have with people over the telephone. But can I encourage you today? that we are all called to be agents of healing in the world that we are given. I really pray that. that Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.